Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, ah, it's our 51st episode. That means that we are getting ready to close out a chapter of year one of B Squared. I cannot believe it. It has flown by. Time has flown by. Um, Like I said, 51 episodes. We've had a lot of fun on the show. We've tackled some hard-hitting subjects like words and <laughs> meanings <laughs> and we've had, we've had a lot of fun on the show but uh in all seriousness it's been a, it's been a really fun year and next uh next week we'll look back on on the year that was here on b squared but ah man time does fly when you're having fun yeah it does i can't believe it's been a year it's been a really good year though and hopefully this next year is even better yep i could not say it any better um you know, when we start to look at the weather for this past week, uh, and we'll get to that here in a minute, it was pretty active across most of the United States in terms of some thunderstorms and uh, other fun stuff, some pretty nice tornadoes out in the middle of nowhere, which is always good. But yeah. Bonnie, it's uh, coming up on the 4th of July here in the, what, the next two weeks, mm-hmm. and we're a month into the tropical season, and all is quiet in the mighty Atlantic. Well, the reason is, is because tornado season's not over. So hurricane season is like, I'll just wait for this tornado stuff to finish because apparently we're still dealing with that. Right. And we jumped from a very active May. We talked about this last week where all of a sudden, okay, May came and went and we were all really happy with it. Finally, we had a really good chase season. We had a lot of really good storms. And, you know, we had, had a little early flirtation with the tropical season. And that was great, but you're right. Um, you know, the first half of June was was a little quiet, and then lately, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, hey, it's uh, right back to spring. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this past week, every day, there has been a slight risk, at least somewhere in the United States. So uh, it's been very interesting. Um, you know, still tornado reports, hail reports, wind reports going on. So spring is is still trying to. Hang on for dear life. Right. And while spring is trying to hang on, Bonnie, uh, we actually flipped the page a couple days ago into calendar summer. So happy first day of summer on the 21st. But as I tweeted out on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast, um, we were glad the rest of the world could join us because us meteorologists have been in summer for 21 days. Right. Get on our level. Right. So, you know, it's great calendar spring, calendar summer. It's different than meteorological spring, summer. We all have different seasons. But hey, you know what? Now that everybody's into summer, you would naturally think, okay, the tornado threat's going to go down. Yes, we still see severe storms throughout the summer through most of the United States. Um, and that, you know, the real threat kind of shifts from, say, you know, the tornado alley per se. A little bit farther east into the Tennessee River Valley, the Ohio River Valley, and then you get out and toward the Appalachians and up and down the, the East Coast. But Bonnie, like you said, it's really trying to hold on 
uh, even in the Midwest and the Plains. Mm-hmm. So the season that we, we waited for just doesn't want to end. Yeah, which I mean, I'm okay with. I like the activeness. Um, I just am a little just, I'm in awe of how long it's held on and right. how active it's been. I think parts of Arkansas, Oklahoma, Northern Texas are at an enhanced risk right now. So, it, I mean, it's not even just slight severe weather. It's it's pretty significant risks. And I mean, even last night in Oklahoma and the Texas Panhandle, um, there was a few tornado warnings. So, I mean still still going pretty strong i would say right and that storm outside of amarillo last night to the east was really impressive i know uh jeff patowski um one of the storm chasers uh put out a video and there was a still frame that he used on his socials where you could see this really impressive tornado uh mm-hmm. getting close on the ground i know that when i did a quick uh look at the gate to gate velocities via radar scope it was like 134 miles an hour which you know, is nothing to shake a stick at. That's pretty powerful. And, you know, happening in the middle of the night or, you know, just after sunset, uh, big storms like that are really dangerous. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, waiting for lightning to flash to see it. And most of the time I feel like when I'm watching nighttime chasing and the lightning flashes, the tornadoes in one spot and then when the lightning flashes again it has significantly moved a yep. great distance you know what i mean yep. so it's not it's nothing to play with at night that's for sure regardless of the strength really it's nothing to play with right and i have the utmost respect for storm chasers period but those guys that are out there you know keeping us safe at night those guys deserve a little mm-hmm. bit extra pay because man they really do put their lives on the line to track these storms because like you said at night it's incredibly difficult to see and you know most of these storms are not happening in a metro area where you get you know kind of the night glow off the clouds from all the buildings and the people these are right. happening out in the middle of nowhere where it's pitch black pitch black exactly and you're relying on lightning alone and yep. Sometimes it's not flashing bright enough or in that section of the storm. And it's, you know, if you can't get constant lightning, then you, you're going to lose track of it real quick. And it could be closer to you than you think or closer to the next city than you think. And, I mean, it's just, you know, at night you've got to take extra precaution, you really, whether you're chasing or you're at home. All right, no, it's true. You really do. It's one of those things that's it's super scary. Um, but if you want to go back and watch the video again, Jeff Patowski, he's all over social media. I follow him on Periscope. That's where he does most of his live videos. Um, and it's it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's always good to see his videos and a lot of Storm Chasers videos. They're amazing to see. And so, yes, like you said, hats off to them putting their life on the line for for science and for the safety of the community. Hats off to them for sure. Right. And it wasn't just, you know, yesterday around Amarillo. They had another tornado warn storm earlier in the week. So, like you said, it's been a pretty active spring. It's been a pretty active go-round period, and uh, it's not going to stop anytime soon. No, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like there's still risks here coming up the next few days. I think today is Oklahoma's last day for being really in any kind of risk for now. Um, But, yeah, no, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. We're getting at least a good dump of rain once a week, which is good for for Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, definitely good for us around here because during the summer we tend to really, really dry out. So for me, the more rain, the better. I know it's causing a lot of flooding issues, but 
the drought's never good either. And that, I mean, that just brings wildfires. So it's just either way, pick your poison, flood or fires, you know? Right. And I think most of us would rather probably have floods, but you know, uh, we saw today that again, another person has drowned when they drove their car into, you know, a, a storm um, or a ditch that was dug in. Again, we just we try to remind people you don't have to lose your life in flooding. It's just yeah. not worth the risk. Yeah, because, I mean, you choose to drive into the flood, so you you chose that. And if you just don't choose that, then you don't risk your life. So it's pretty it's pretty simple. You know, I don't know why it's hard for people. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, they just, you know, sometimes it yep. just happens like that. So, yeah. It's very, it's very annoying is what it is. When you see that and all of a sudden that happens, you're just like, you know, it's just not, it's not worth it. It really isn't. Yeah. Year after year after year. And it's, it's hard, you know, this might sound kind of rough, but it's hard to have sympathy for people. Like you chose to drive around the barricade. You chose to drive over a road that you can't even see. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it to people. (laughs) Right. It's just, I mean, it's, it's common sense and we just wish that people would use more common sense because honestly, we're not here just to harp on you. We don't want to be your parents and, you know, emergency management and first responders and, you know, meteorologists and people involved in, in these, you know, lines of work. We're not here to be a buzzkill, but you know, it's just, it's not worth the risk. Taking yeah. an extra five minutes to drive home on a road that you can see clearly across it does not have water flowing over it will save your life. Yep. And even if you don't lose your life, you're risking lives of rescuers. But take that out of the equation. You're also risking your car. So do you, yes. do you want the, that extra expense now of having to replace your car and all of that hassle? I mean, it's just, there's really no good that can come out of it other than possibly getting to your destination five minutes faster than taking a detour. Right. It's just, it's not worth it. It is just not worth it. Um, you know, last year on the show, we had talked a lot about your favorite meteorological phenomenon, Saharan dust. And, you know, we talked about just a minute ago, the tropics are really quiet, but Bonnie, you know, we saw it from our, from uh, the ghost 16 satellite, another impressive wave of Sierra dust being blown off of the African continent, making its way out over the Atlantic. Yes. It it looked super impressive. I, uh, that was a crazy amount of ocean coverage of that dust is blown across. I think it's incredible, honestly. And if it makes it here, that makes it even more incredible. But right now, at least that's the only thing coming off the African coast is the dust and no, right. no storm complexes, which, you know, we know turn into hurricanes Just, easily. Oh, uh, unbelievably impressive. Again, I am so glad that we have these, you know, the satellite technology that can see this stuff in real time. And again, I know we saw it with our previous satellites, but just the amount of imagery we're getting now from our two latest satellites with one minute refreshes and five minute intervals, you're starting to really get a picture of how the atmosphere functions, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's truly awe inspiring. And so when I saw that come across, I couldn't help but retweet and tag you in it because it was pretty awesome. Not going to lie. It was, it, it's super impressive. And the fact that, it, you know, that just shows you that we are all under the same atmosphere and everything is connected to each other. The yep. jet streams, the highs, the lows, 
waves, troughs, all those things, I mean, affect everything around the globe. It just, it's just a matter of time, honestly. Right. Well, you know, we talk a lot about thunderstorms and the dynamics of them and having to transition from, you know, discrete cells into lines and then, you know, mesoscale uh, complex systems and all these different, you know, things that are associated with thunderstorms. Well, Bonnie, this week we had one of the phenomenons that I absolutely find to be the most fascinating in Derecos. And these things are basically a, you know, mega squall line that moves long distances and cover a lot of ground pretty quick. And this week we had probably one of the most dynamic in terms of overall length. This storm and this, you know, complex formed out over Colorado. And by the time it got done wreaking havoc, it exited the coast off of South Carolina. And man, this thing was impressive. It was. It. I mean, the time lapse of it across more than half the country was just amazing. And I... I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say there was over a thousand wind damage reports between Colorado and the coast from just that right one squall line. No, and you're right, and you know you look at that. You're right, over a thousand miles swath of wind damage and a lot of reports. Um, you know, reports up to eighty miles an hour. I know that one of the cells that blasted through Nashville. Um, when this line finally formed just, uh, basically in the area of like the Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, uh, border area where these two lines basically came together, we had a, we had two of them actually moving through, you know, at separate points and, you know, you can try and pause the loop, but, um, you know, the first line was making its way just to the east of Kansas City while the second line was forming back behind Kansas City. The first line blows through St. Louis. The second line blows through St. Louis. And once that first line kind of reaches Paducah, Kentucky, and as it gets toward Louisville, that's when both of these caught up with each other. And they kind of form their big one. It blows through Nashville. Uh, I was on the phone with a friend of mine who works in country music, and he was sending me all types of cool video. Uh, the shelf cloud approaching South Nashville was absolutely textbook. It was beautiful. And he was like, what's the deal here? I'm like, well, you're going to get wind and rain. You might get some hail. So if you move your car in, he's like, man, I just literally unloaded my house. I've been doing some cleaning. Everything's in the garage. I can't park my cars. I'm like, well. I'll look at hail contour for you, but there's a chance you're going to get some hail damage. Luckily, he didn't. But, I mean, just on the northwest side of Nashville, they had baseball-sized hail. And, yeah. you know, a couple reports of that did some damage. And then this line just kept on trucking, and it finally exited off of South Carolina Saturday morning, uh, just about 6.30 East Coast time. But, yeah, man, this thing started Friday, Friday morning out over Colorado, and it just churned across the country. And it was impressive. Uh, Jim Cantoria tweeted out, and we had retweeted as well. Um, 475 reports um, of severe weather associated just with that. Or sorry, 344 active reports, uh, making it the third most active day uh, for the storm season. So, um, wow. yeah, the wind reports, over 1,000 of them. Um, you know, the, but the severe stuff, the real severe stuff, 344 reports, that's pretty impressive. And you said, you know, over a thousand miles, man, this thing was churning. It was hauling, but it was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if it hadn't hit the ocean, who knows how long it would have just kept on going and it never really seemed to lose strength. It just stayed steady from Colorado 
yeah. all the way to the coast. So I'm just, I mean, amazing, just amazing. It is really cool to see that. It's, you know, it's one of those cool phenomenons. And, you know, we see it a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Not one, that long lived, I feel like. And no. a lot of times they're going from north to south. Right. You know, it's it's really funny that when you look at these storms when they form. And, you know, the if you look at the just the term, Dureco is Spanish for meaning to the right moving. So... Mm-hmm. You know, these storms move from generally west to east or they move, you know, they move to the right, basically. Um, You know, and there have been some long form ones. I know there was a couple of years ago, a line that blasted through Chicago, went through Indianapolis, uh, down through Ohio and eventually uh, through Washington, D.C. and then out into the Atlantic. Um, And that one had a lot of a lot of severe warnings with it. I mean, a lot of wind damage. I even think a bunch of spun up tornadoes with it. Um, That's probably my most memorable one until obviously this one this week, but we see these a couple times a year and it's fascinating because these things basically create their own, their own weather. And they're the ones that are basically just dictating it. You get this, you know, massive amount of energy and it's not associated with a low. It's not associated with anything. It just creates its own weather and it goes. Yeah. And I, I don't know if one has ever come through Oklahoma or not, at least recently, like as in the past several years, like I just, I don't think I've ever remembered one, but you know, we get our classic squall lines that will start in the West and they will march across the entire state. So I guess in a way that's like a little mini derecho that we get, but it's just really just a squall line. But, right. you know, if one did come through here, it's not like we wouldn't, it's nothing we wouldn't be used to already. Cause we get the squall lines that come through regularly. So but I don't think that specific phenomenon has come through Oklahoma in years, if it ever has. At least not that I know of or remember. Yeah, it, I'd have to go back and look. And I know there are several papers out there that talk about that. Um, yeah. And so we'll go and we'll you know take a look at that here. But, man, it's just – it's really impressive. And, you know, we see these complexes of storms every year. Um you know, maybe not to this level of intensity, but you get these lines of storms that come through and they form and then they die off. And then, you know, middle of the afternoon, that energy is still present in the atmosphere, several hundred miles down the line, storms reform and it goes through a cycle. And that's really cool to see and be able to track these. But when you have these storms that, you know, form and are consistent from start to finish, and you can literally follow it through satellite and radar and never see like really the stopping or end point that's mm-hmm. pretty special yeah especially for multiple days in a row so yeah that was that was incredible and so I've, I've gone back and watched the loop of it going across the country i don't know how many times just because it's just amazing right and if you want to check radar's it out it's amazing oh it, it really is and again if you want to go back and look at it we have it um We've had it retweeted a couple times on the Weather Podcast Twitter page. I know earlier today that I retweeted on our page. Um, uh, was it Greg? Po- it was Stu Ostro from the Weather Channel. He did the full time lapse, and so you can literally see it start as this thing starts just east of Denver, Colorado, goes out. The line kind of forms once you get into Nebraska and Kansas, and then it really starts going. The first line advances out through Kansas and Upper Missouri, Southern uh, Iowa. And the second line forms back behind it, going through Nebraska and Kansas. And, man, this thing just churns. And it's racing. And once it kind of clears that Missouri border with Kansas, this thing is off to the races. 
Um, and it even looks like for a time it gets stalled out as it approaches Illinois. And then that second wave starts to, you know, become the more dominant one and it pushes everything together. Like we said, it reforms and kind of forms into one line as it reached into Tennessee. But man, this thing was pretty. Yeah, it was. And it was a really, really good, well-defined bow echo. Like, I mean, and that's what made the winds even crazier is like, the more curved that line is, the more bowed out it is, the more intense and strong the winds right. are. And there was multiple videos of those winds coming through. I think the best one, and I don't know if this was from Nashville or somewhere else, but it was those um, street lights that were hanging on the wire that yes. were just blowing. And I was like, oh, my God, those lines are going to snap, and that's going to be awful. I want to say, and I need to go back and look, but I want to say that's Augusta, Georgia, but let me go double yes. check. I think that you're right. I think it was in Georgia, and Augusta sounds right. I know where I found it. Augusta wind. Right? (laughs) Bonnie's being punny today. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. By the way, um, there's also a video now coming out of um, Kansas where they had a country concert, country festival uh, over the weekend, and you can see lightning strike backstage. And people are running. Uh, and we have talked a lot about this lately, about event safety. And, man, what in the world were they thinking? They saw this coming. Why did they not know? Oh, my gosh. All it does is give me flashbacks to, I think it was the fairgrounds or something in Indiana yeah. where the stage collapsed. Like, yep. that is just, uh, when they were fleeing and the lightning, it was surreal. Like, I just was like, oh, this is something out of, like, a natural disaster movie. It just was so scary. And, yeah, they waited too long. They waited too long. And I'll tell you, it didn't even storm here last night, which I'm glad that it, it didn't because, you know, I went to that concert. And normally, right. he's outdoors. He plays the zoo, and, and Cody Johnson's outdoors. So I'm really glad he was indoors in case the storms came through because they – very well could have canceled it and I just would have been devastated. But I told my friend Courtney while we were going in, I was like, I, you know, if storms come through, I wonder if they will just shut it all down, even though it is indoors, because I don't know where they're going to put the eight or 9,000 of us that were there. I don't know where they would put us. I mean, this is a concrete structure. So. Right. And were you guys at, were you at the peak or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were at the Chesapeake. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know if they would have shut it down if storms were coming or not. But. They probably would have just held you guys there yeah, and just let the storms pass. Um, I did find that video we were talking about with the traffic lights. That was Augusta, Georgia, out of Columbia County uh, Thursday afternoon. They said winds gusted to 56 at Augusta. That's probably the airport, but absolutely probably much stronger, you know, where the cell came through. But, yeah, man, just that is nuts. Um I'm just scrolling through Jim Cantori's Twitter feed at the moment because I want to go find that video. But um, you have any interest to watch Nick Walenda and his sister walk across Times Square tonight on a high on a high wire? Do I have the interest? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe. Okay. I don't know. It might really give me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So the last time that the Walendas did this, they did the Grand Canyon walk. I'm watching this with oh. my dad, and I'm watching Twitter explode. People are like, please do not fall. Please do not fall. These guys don't have a parachute. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, if you fall, you need to hang on and hope that somebody can come rescue you because there are certain plans in place. Right. But. <laughs> but still, like, you, like, how long will those plans take to happen? Oh, if yeah, exactly. On the wire, right. you know, like, 
Oh my god. Yeah, so nope. that, so that gives people anxiety. But yeah, he's walking across the wire tonight and Jim Cantor was like, Hey man, it's great. Uh should be eighty degrees and no rain. So hopefully no wind as well. I was gonna say, what about wind? <laughs> right. A little bit. But uh hey, you know what? People do things all the time. Um okay, so according to this we were talking about the storm that went through Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um and this reporter, his name is Sean Wheat, which is a great name for somebody that works in Kansas. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so yeah, his is. name is Sean Wheat from WIBW. Um, and he was saying apparently country stampede officials warned people to leave the grounds 10 minutes before the storm started picking up. Okay. So, no, that's not long enough. But it's, okay. it's still not long <laughs> enough. Um, I mean, again, unless it's, you know, directly featured in... Gosh, I don't know. You know, I, again, unless you know how fast the storms are moving, 10 minutes generally is not enough time. No, no. And that looked like it was out in the middle of a grassy field. So yep. no one was feet from their vehicles. They were, yep. you know, several, several yards from their vehicle. I know any outdoor venue I've had to park at, we've had to walk, it feels like 90 miles to get to right. the stage, you know. So I know, I mean, that was an exaggeration, but I'm just saying there's, it's going to take longer than 10 minutes to get from the stage right. to shelter or their vehicle. No, it's just, it's, it's in, it's absolutely insane. It is absolutely And I know insane. a lot goes into it. I know they have to consider the money and blah, 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 to shut down the show or postpone it or reschedule it or whatever. But, you know, I feel like you will lose more money with lawsuits if you don't right. so. act promptly with an outdoor event. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many outdoor events have to go wrong before we learn, but I know that more places are putting plans in place right. for every event. Oh yeah, and so, we, and we talked about this. Uh, Kevin Kleisel from Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is kind of this is his bread and butter, and so it should be uh, interesting. But uh, shout out to Jim Cantori, who's flying back home to Atlanta from the weather conference in Breckenridge. He tweeted mm-hmm. a little bit ago, he goes, oh, it's going to be a messy afternoon flying into Atlanta. And sure enough, he just posted video of his flight tracker. They're not having to circle. Oh. <laughs> well. It happens to the I best know. of us. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there's a charge. <laughs> it is. It is true. And especially in the south and the plains during the summer. You know, you get storms yeah. that pop up and you get to play my favorite game of do we get to take off on time or not? Right? Do we get to go home or not? Oh, Bonnie, another great episode of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am super excited for next week. It's our one-year anniversary. We'll have uh, a bunch of lookbacks, and of course, you know, we'll continue to see what's going on this week Um, Mm weather-wise. What do you guys have coming up forecast-wise for Oklahoma? As far as I'm seeing, just really warm, um, maybe a few rain chances right now. I'm not, and I mean, nothing crazy yet. The heat's really coming in, and I'll tell you what, the past four or five days, we've had like record-breaking humidity. Like we've had 78, 79 degree dew points. Like it has been, oh, oh my God, so bad, so bad. It, I can't even explain to you how bad it is. Worse than I can remember over the past several years of the humidity here. Oh, just awful so everyone watch out for that be careful stay hydrated because it is a sauna out there yeah that's not fun that doesn't sound comfortable it's awful well i would much rather trade you um today we are going to be getting close to 70 then mid uh early to midweek it looks like probably mostly cloudy partly cloudy uh highs at 74 
lows in the lower 50s, so not bad. We have rain that comes back in on Wednesday, but it could be light. We have a very slight chance of thunderstorms on Thursday, which I'm looking forward to. It probably won't materialize, but oh well, one can wish. Um, and then Friday showers and then next weekend we start to kind of ramp up as we get in temps temperatures into the lower eighties, but, um, not a whole lot of rain in sight, just a little bit of forecast stuff. We have this really kind of pesky upper level low in the Gulf of Alaska that just keeps kind of spinning in little pieces of energy that by the time they finally get here have died out pretty quick. So they think that low will eventually start to slide South and move in over us, uh, probably Tuesday night into Wednesday. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, pretty typical for this time of year. Once we hit July 5th, though, in the next two weeks, we're off and running into really our summer. So um, I better enjoy the nice cool weather now before it starts to really get hot again. Yeah, same here. July and August are probably our peak months for just misery as far as heat and humidity goes. So I plan to spend a lot of weekends out at the lake. <laughs> I do not blame you. I literally do not blame you. So we'll see what the next couple of months hold and hopefully the tropics pick up a little bit. We can get a little action from that. If not, then we'll just take the dust. Yep, exactly. We'll take the dust and we'll take some more thunderstorms here and there and uh, we'll call it good. I would be okay with that. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. After last year's really busy Atlantic season to close out the year, I'm okay with the quiet season. Right, which, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how it all unfolds. Right now, though, it's taking its time. <laughs> right. By the way, we would be remiss if we don't give a shout-out to a special friend of ours, a special friend of yours, especially. Uh, it was Courtney's birthday this past week, so happy birthday, Courtney. Thank you for all of your support here at B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. She is great, and yeah, we went out, celebrated hard, and then last night we went to Cody Johnson for her birthday also, so... Shout Gotta out, take care of her. Yep. Yeah, shout out to our boy Kojo. Oh, love him. I get to see him in a couple of weeks. I still have not decided if I'm actually going to go to the show or not. But don't. I'll decide anybody. for you. Yes, you're going to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you can call my boss and get me the night scheduled off then. Okay, I will. I will write a note. Please do. Please do. All right, Bonnie. Another great edition of B Square, like we just said. Uh, I am Bobby in Oregon. Then I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week as we celebrate one year of B Squared. Ooh, one year. <laughs>